Hello, patrons. This is one of the last shows we'll be doing of 2024. Well, that's not true because it's not 2024 yet, but it's one of the last shows we're doing leading into 2024. So there you go. And what a show it's going to be. Not only are you going to get me and PLD, and you guys know, patrons know, you always get me and PLD in the back and forth, like Han and Chewy. And you can try to guess who's who. Um, you heard me in the bathroom, you'd say Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> oh what did bibs walk into speaking of bibs bibs is back that's right the beast one of the best teams in schmodown history be it bibs he was part of it and he's one of the greatest champions we've ever seen and i'm glad to have him on the show i mean one of the main reasons also that uh as we were going through it and pld was like uh let's get a guest for big thing live for patrons who do you want i said let's get bibs i haven't talked movies with bibs in so long every time i talked to bibs for the last like three or four years we were talking about schmodown we didn't really even talk about movies so we're gonna do that and what's so funny is normally i would have conversations to whoever i was on the panel with and if we saw an article or review from bibs i'd be like you know and i said this and i said this too his face. I think he's one of the greatest critics out there right now. And I don't always agree with him. I'm usually, I was for a long time on the opposite page of Bibbs, but I said, I always respected how much he, he, he put into words of why he liked or disliked something. But I tell you this year, I've been on the same page with Bibbs a lot for a lot of things that he said, whether he's liked the movie, disliked the movie and his reasoning why. So we'll talk about that. And I'm sure after saying all of that, we'll be on the opposite of most on our, on our list for the year. Maybe, maybe not. Without any further ado, let's bring in both PLD and Bibbs. What's up, guys? Yeah, Bibbs is muted. PLD oh, no. is muted. <laughs> I got muted. I'm just yeah. being nice. No, okay. it's good. How are you guys? Bibbs, how are you? I've talked to PLD all the time. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. It's been a very long year. Um, yeah. you know, we moved. Um, I <laughs> I just got laid off yesterday from oh, one of my regular gigs, so right. it's a whole it's a whole thing. On but, the day um, after two days after Christmas, bunch of bullshit. Two days after Christmas. That's oh, right. Man. But you know what? Better than on Christmas. Right. They're probably waiting. It's a low bar, but they yeah. it was cleared. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. That's okay. It's okay. I'll, 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 it'll figure itself out somehow. Of course it? I'm not here to bum everybody out. Well, that's not, not here to bum everybody. No, out. we're not here. We're here to yeah, celebrate here to the year of Christmas compliments. What? Well, please. Yeah. I meant yeah. every word of it. Yeah. Um, PLD, are there any questions or anything leading into this or no? Not, not yet. This is all for you. This is all okay. here, guys. If they want to have chat, chat can throw in questions anytime they like. Yeah, no, I know. It's normally, normally for QA is, is different, but this is more so like just a, a little extra big thing for everybody too. Um, and I think we we just I was editing, we we did the well myself, Merle, and Roca did the mm. best of movies and TV, where essentially what we do is we don't do like a top 10. I do that on my on my own. Um, but we do like we take this big long list and we just kind of bounce back and forth and talk about which movies we liked and and you know whether it was like let's say Dan's like oh Maestro I bring, and we all three of us talk about Maestro so we did that today for comic book movies and TV shows but we couldn't call it best of because there hasn't really been a lot of best of so we just kind of Not did in like, that realm no no we did like year in review so yeah and and Bibbs one of the things that speaking of which that I had said that you and I have been on the same page about a lot of things is that what did you say? I was trying to quote you the other day and I stopped because I didn't want to misquote you terribly. Um, it was about Aquaman. You said, it's not how bad it is. It's how hilariously bad it is. Something like, what was the quote that you said? Cause it was great. Oh, um, 
I honestly don't know. Was it on Twitter or was it in my review? I think it was in your review. He says like it's not how yeah. it's not just how bad it is. It's how hilarious bad or how how it how it succeeds at being so bad. It's like, like it, it's a really astoundingly awful motion picture. It's yeah. the kind of bad like you know there are movies that don't turn out good, and then there yeah. are movies where you're just like, the fuck did you do this? <laughs> <laughs> how did you get this this wrong? And we know some of it. You know, we know there were a lot of reshoots. Um, one thing that's abundantly clear is that they carved as much Amber Heard out of the movie as possible. Right, right. And boy, does the movie suffer for it just because it's really obvious. There's a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor and scenes don't play right. And that's just all really, really terrible. But like, it's just, I, you get the impression that at some point they gave up. Yeah. It's just like, eh, screw yeah. it. And the last shot of that movie, I will say this right now, the very last shot of that movie, which I won't ruin for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. The post-credits post scene. Yeah. The very last image of the DCEU right. kind of says it all. It really does. It really is. At some point, they were just like, you know what? Fuck them. Yeah. It's, uh, it, we're done. Thank you. It's so true. It was funny, as I said, uh, in my out of the theater reaction, I, I said, I, when I got home, I grounded my six-year-old because I found out she wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was just written it was, it was just written so badly it was just written so badly well, even the same movies the original it stepped instead of uh tra traveling around the world doing fetch quests with amber heard and griping until they like each other it's him doing that with patrick wilson this time right. and amber heard's been awkwardly cut out and yeah. now instead of Patrick Wilson, we just get Black Manta. That, that's it's the same movie. It is just for some reason, it's, and, and I didn't love the first one by any means, but it just seemed even more dumbed down. Like, it, and like yeah. they didn't even try to like make sense of it. Like, there's this one particular scene where the the, the baby's like pissing in Aquaman's face, and and mm -hmm. and, and Mara's right there cooking in the, or, or she whatever she's doing she's in the, she's in she's, she's in doing her. laundry that's all she's allowed to do now <laughs> she's, she's, allowed, she's allowed to have babies do right. laundry and sit next to his side quietly but wait, that's her job but, in this movie and so she's there not only is she doing that I, it's like the next scene he's toasting with his father here's the single parenthood like what are you talking Basically. about she was right there <laughs> yeah <laughs> it makes him look like an asshole that's what it does it makes him look like a sexist dick well, the whole, the whole, the whole thing's just a, just a mess. So yeah, that we were on the same page there. I don't think we we're on the same page on the Marvels. Um, well, I liked you, it okay. I yeah, liked I it okay. I didn't. That one, I, I felt yeah. is was was just as poorly written and and it, and it had better chemistry though than that's okay. Wilson's chemistry was But their chemistry, the, the ladies' chemistry was fantastic. It, the thing with Patrick Wilson's chemistry is that, like, okay, great. So we we gave Aquaman a lot of chemistry with the villain from the last movie. And now at the end of the movie, he's basically forgiving him. He was a genocidal maniac. Right. <laughs> he wanted to kill all of the humans. Like, yeah. that's the thing. Right. And at the end, he's like, eh, it's now right. that I'm cool with you and we spent a couple of days together, I don't care. No, you've, changed like, your, you've changed your political view. You know? He's supposed to go. It's right. wild. But like in the Marvels, at the very least, those are distinctly written characters. They had really good chemistry together. And even though... Overall, I liked kind of the theme of the movie in terms of actually like taking heroes to task when they screw up. Uh, it's, yeah, it's rushed, it's clunky, whatever. But whenever those characters just hung out, that's what I liked. And there a yeah. lot of my favorite comics as a kid were not the Bam Pow beat-em-ups. They were the X-Men hanging out at the mansion, talking totally. about their feelings, playing baseball. Like that, that Poker kind games of and the Avengers. Really yeah. Fun. 
But yeah, then the Avengers used to do that too. There used to be whole issues of the Avengers just to be like, who are you going to let okay. into the club? That was the whole issue. Well, that's what I, I dug like about that. Blue Beetle. Like Blue Beetle to me yeah. was the the family issue. I couldn't give a shit about the superhero stuff because I'd seen it. It was so paint yeah. by numbers. I've seen it a million times over. Susan Sarandon it was was yeah. forgettable as a villain, but it was the family dynamic that really worked. But yeah. but pivoting outside of the superhero and comic book genre bibs like what are some of the movies this year that like mm-hmm. did you make your top 10 yet can you say i what- did i did well I, I i posted it on twitter and you know it's always right. subject to change a little bit depending sure. on my mood but sure. i will be doing a podcast on my on the critically acclaimed network mm-hmm. delving into it in a lot of depth but i have done my top 10 it's been a really good year i was looking at some of the films that didn't make my top 10 and i was like those are great movies <laughs> Like, just like I couldn't find room for Spider Man across the Spider Verse. Oh, yeah, it hit my number 10. It was my number 10. Yeah, like it's it's an exceptional film. It's half a movie. So, mm. like, theoretically, the next one could retroactively hurt sure. it. Sure. But it's still incredibly well made and excitingly animated and a lot of great character work. Mm. All that stuff was really, really great. Um, but, um, yeah, I I, I I do have my time. I don't know. You want me to tell you what's Yeah, I'd love, love to hear it. Okay. I'd love to hear it because you okay, so what was 10? Well, here's the deal. I I had to rank it for another thing, but I actually don't like rankings. For me, it's like there's number one. I think it matters that you declare a number one. And all of the others, they're in my top ten. I want you to see all of them. It doesn't so matter. Why don't you do that? Let's, so let's do that. Why okay. don't you tell us your number one, and then, okay. we'll, and then you can just go through your list and talk about something. I'm curious. My, my number one is a film that uh, had an Oscar qualifying release and is going to go wide in like a month. Yeah. So it's a, it's a French film called The Taste of Things. Okay. Uh, and it is one of the great food movies. Oh, okay. Uh, which it's you know it's a subgenre, but the thing is, everyone I think has their favorite, like that movie that makes you really, really hungry. Sure. Uh, and it is about uh, a a French gourmet, and okay. he's in love with his chef, and they make these incredible meals, and then she gets sick, sick, and they don't know how sick she is. Oh no! And he decides that for the first time, he's just going to cook for her, and it's incredibly romantic. The food that they craft is really astounding. Got wonderful characters in it, and it's just. it's just delicious it's just the kind of movie like i can't imagine anyone watching this movie and going that sucks like no it's a really sweet romantic beautifully filmed movie and it's the kind of movie i think i would have loved even when i was a kid even though it's a french movie it's really good all right i'll put that Um, on the list yeah um some other films that made my list uh go go but go like one by one so we can talk we can discuss them a little bit I, so I've heard. So I have not seen it yet. I have the screener. Uh, I have not watched it yet. I hear mixed things. I hear from I, not. Mm, I, hear, I don't know who's. I'm curious who is saying it's bad because I think it's the funniest comedy in here. Uh, <laughs> Bottoms is uh, if you if you haven't heard of it, it, it did quite well in the indie film circuit. Okay, but like, I have like heard of it. Breakout, yeah. breakout. Yeah. But if anyone's listening, doesn't know about it. Um, it's a teen comedy about a couple of, of of lesbians who decide in order to meet girls, they're going to start their own fight club. Okay. And so they do. And it's it's got this kind of surreal energy that you used to see in 80s movies like Better Off Dead, where like the world is really, really heightened and bizarre. Uh, but it all feels like it comes from like, this is how high school felt. You know, it gotcha. all feels very real, even though it's very uh, absurd. Um, the cast is impeccable. I, I lost track of how many times I laughed so hard I missed jokes. Okay. Uh, and it has a really glorious ending, and it somehow manages to do all that while still tackling some legitimate, like, subjects, like things that matter, Sure. and being kind of respectful of that, while also being absolutely nonsensical. All right. It's really wonderful. All right, I'm going to check it out, because I, I, like I said, I've heard, I've heard uh, somebody else say it was 
okay but then i've seen i've seen your point yeah. of view from a bunch of different people too and saying that they they loved it um yeah. so i might i'm I, well i will check it out i have it i'm, I'm gonna you should check it out I, well i will i'd like to definitely check that one out i'm curious if there's so so far you've mm. had so this those, i didn't see your first one it sounds good that uh -huh. one i didn't see so it's not on my list yet i'm curious if yeah. there's any of the ones that are in your list are in my list so what's your okay. what, what else you got uh let's see um all of us strangers have you seen that yet that that's that's next that's queued up that's the okay one. That's all the, of us strangers made me cry harder than any yeah. movie in in years is that the world war ii one no all of us oh. strangers is the one uh starring andrew scott from uh fleabag and okay. uh, uh and uh he uh He's uh, uh he's a middle-aged queer man and his okay. parents died when he was a kid. Mm. And he's looking back on his life, he's trying to write something about his life, and he goes back to his childhood home and his parents are just there and okay. they haven't aged since they died. And oh. he gets to tell them what his life was like, and he finally gets to like come That's out to them and find out what they would have responded. Huh. It's basically about I never really lived my life because mm. I was kind of living in the past, and it's a way to actually push through in this kind of magical realism kind of way. The performances are unbelievably astounding, and okay. it's incredibly honest and very romantic as well. He's got a great um, love story with um, Paul Mescal. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah it's just it's it's a great okay movie. that sounds good too um, um well let's let's switch for a second i want to come back to your list because plt sure. did you make yours yet i yes i have made i've made mine as well it's on, but it's i have i have a lot i haven't seen in this like month not past month so it's going to change quite a bit that's, well, that's um, what i always say and i and inside of these uh, lists and it's the first thing i say every time i make my top 10 it's like look i don't make your top 10 list i make mine and I make and I make my and I don't necessarily like my number one, my favorite movie of the year isn't necessarily the movie I thought was the best film. I thought the best film uh, for me was Oppenheimer. That was the one that I that I enjoyed the most. That was my that was the one I thought was. But that was my number two. My favorite movie of the entire year was Godzilla minus one. That was the one that I I just really yeah. enjoyed watching that movie. And I think that that's where how blockbusters should be made moving forward. But they won't be. There's yeah. a general misconception that critics are supposed to have your opinions. They're, right. they're not. Right. It's not about that. It's about sharing their opinions and you sharing them as well. It's yep. about creating a conversation, not about like finishing it and not just about validating That's the right. audience. You can't and do that for everybody. There will no. always be different opinions. And not everybody has the access to like certain films that you're able to see, Bibbs. Sure. People like are not I see someone in the comments right now that said, like, I've seen two movies in the theater this year. So they have something that they can see. So they're gonna have a very different list very than you're gonna have. So PLD, what do you what do you have? I'll say real quick, my, my theme has basically been surprise of what a movie would be like in terms mm. of like one of the ones I liked a lot this year was Talk to Me because I didn't expect oh, yeah. anything from it. I went and watched Talk to Me. I kind of found this solid horror thing. I kind of expected it to be any run of the mill thing, but I really found myself thinking about it a lot afterward. I want to see more in this world. Yeah. Um, a very solid horror film. That's my one of my favorite ones. Godzilla minus one was one of my favorite ones as well. Actually, that's my number one um, yeah. because I went in. My brother is a, a Godzilla fanatic, and yeah. I've been going to all the Godzilla stuff with them, mm -hmm. all the popcorn ones. And I expected another kind of popcorn <clears throat> throw them up kind of thing with Godzilla, mm -hmm. but it was yeah. totally not that. Like I cared more about the humans in the story than I've ever yep. cared about any yep. humans in any mm -hmm. Godzilla story so far. Um, so that's my those are my top two. Yeah. Um, Bibbs, what do you think of Poor Things? It's okay. I fucking loved it. 
<laughs> it's good. Listen, it's it, the production design's great. The concept is weird, and maybe don't think about it too much. Yeah. Uh, and it's an interesting companion piece to Barbie in that they are both films that are extremely didactic about feminism. Yeah. In which people who are out living outside the world are, re are introduced to the world, discovering that it is strange and discovering feminism in a very overt way that upsets all the men. Uh, I think it's a good movie. Uh, I didn't make my top 10, didn't even make my top 20 because it's just that good a year, but it's a good movie. It was, it was my number four. And the reason... Uh, and the reason why was because it surprised me. Mm. I've only liked the favorite. Um, I didn't love mm. the lobster. I didn't love. I didn't, like lobster the I didn't like them either. I just didn't love those movies. So, yeah. and I, and when I started watching this movie, I was like, oh, here's a Edward Scissorhands kind of rip off film. And Yargos is really good at filming the, you know, these particular shots and the, the, the way that like there's beautiful shots in the way that he would move up the stairs and the use, usage of black and white really, it, it, it worked. But then, Everything that you just said about how Emma Stone was portraying this character of Bella was working for me. And then Ruffalo shows up and how she's able to combat him with yep. innocence in and purity. And he's making it as if it's not that. And it is, it, I don't well, know. He, equate, he equates innocence with um, sort of a, a religious conservatism. Right. And he doesn't right. realize that if in the absence of that, Innocence is just confidence. Innocence is just accepting exactly things right. the way that they are. That's uh, and he doesn't know how to handle it. He doesn't know how to control that. He he uh, yeah. he he killed me because he's so he's so good at being a douche in this movie. And he's yeah. I think this is his best role. So I was actually because I think it shocked me so much because I shut it off after the first ten minutes. Sure, and I was like, I'm not going back to this. And I and then I was like, I got to finish it because everyone's talking about Emma Stone's performance. You always got to finish it. You never know what you're going to miss. I know, right. and it was and it was also because I'm gonna because I'm I'm part of the BFCA and I got to vote on it. So I'm like I'm like mm -hmm. you know I can't not watch it. I got to finish it. So <laughs> I then I wanted to make sure that I did, and I'm so glad that I did because I was just so yeah. surprised. But what else you got in your list, Bibbs? Well, I'll say this right now: it's brought and brought up a lot. Godzilla minus one is on that list. Yeah, good. Uh, it's incredibly well crafted yeah. uh, of the like three godzilla movies that are like deadly serious it's like the only one that's actually kind of hopeful yeah which i think is something we really need right yeah. now like godzilla's always represented this very existential threat we're gonna mm -hmm. the bomb or or whatever uh and this this is the one where it's just like you know, maybe we can actually succeed maybe yeah. We won't yeah. all be doomed, and that's something I think we desperately needed right now. And it's so wonderfully crafted. That's a great movie. Love um, it. Nimona made my list. It was the, uh, oh, I was yeah. the animated film to make yeah, my yeah. list. Yeah. Um, it's a film that Disney like tried to kill, and they refused, and they took it away from Disney because Disney wanted them to take out all the queerness. It's literally about uh, uh, a a gay hero who is is disgraced and turned yeah, into like a yeah, public pariah. Yeah, my brother, my, my, my daughter yeah. watched it. She loved it. Yeah, and it's about and it's about this trans character who like helps them like basically take over okay. her kingdom. Like, yeah, and yeah. it's really, really, really emotionally powerful while also being just incredibly funny and energetic mm -hmm. and creative. And I loved it to pieces. Um, Skinamarink for me was the horror movie of the year. Okay. Um, just taking that whole backrooms you know, slow horror cinema movement that's going on online and transforming that into a really exceptional and distinct horror movie. That scared the crap out of me. That was just um, outside my top 10, actually. I had a lot of good experience. Great. I wouldn't want to watch it again, to be honest with you, but it was very... The other, like, horror-ish movie that made my list, and it really flew under the radar, it came out on Shudder, is a thriller called Influencer. Okay. 
Uh, Influencer yeah. is about a young woman. Is that, is that Koi at a Marvel premiere? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Uh, no, it's a, it's a it's a thriller about a, a young woman. She's an online. She's an Instagram influencer, and she's traveling abroad. And she meets another woman, and the other woman says, "Hey, let can show you around this area. I can show you all the cool places that nobody knows about." And I'm not going to tell you what happens other than she takes her to somewhere she was not expecting. And it turns into this really incredible Hitchcockian suspenseful thriller okay. from there. It's really, really great. Know as little about it going in. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, okay. So I love that movie. Piece. Yeah, I'm trying. To, so yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons I also wanted to. I, I knew you were going to have some movies on there that I a mm -hmm. found intriguing, b haven't heard of. And I, for me, yeah. horror movies, uh, I'm always going to be like, wait, what's that? Because I didn't. See, everyone's talking about talk to me, and I haven't seen it. Yeah, um, that's Good. one of the ones. But I. My top ten, like I said, I had, I did have across the Spider Verse in there. Sure. Um, I had, uh, yeah, Bibbs. Where do you stand? Because I, I walked out and I saw Christy mm. and Alonzo talking about how much they loved it, and I loved it too. It was my number nine. But what did you think about Killers of the Flower Moon? Did you like it or hate very it? Good. It's a very good movie. It's okay. a very good movie. Um, I think it is. I, I, I really do think it's incredible. I do think that the most interesting uh, conversation about it is the fact that is this really Martin Scorsese's story to tell? And he did tell it largely from the perspective of the white murderers. Yeah. And that is an interesting choice. And that doesn't make it a bad movie, but it does mean it's a film we need to have like long conversations about. Um, but I thought Lily Gladstone was really phenomenal in it. I actually think Leonardo DiCaprio gives a really fantastic performance. He's just unafraid to be seen as just a, just a piece of Horrible. shit. Just a, yeah. just a terrible, terrible yeah. human being, and not afraid to display this easily tricked, like just, just, and that's something that's really hard, I think, for some actors to do is to play. Well, yeah, the, well, especially, 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 especially when he was supposed to play the Jesse Plemons role. And, yeah, and then he was like, "No, I want to play this one because more yeah. to do." But like, and you couldn't, no matter, no matter what happens, you can't make that guy redeemable. And even, no. and it was no matter what happens to him, you're just like, "No, you are." You're atrocious, but he's a monster. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was on there for me. Um, American Fiction was on there for me. Mm -hmm. Did you like American Fiction? I like the performances more than maybe the whole movie because I think that movie is kind of trying to be this like very excellently, you know, thorough, in-depth kind of character study. Yeah. But it's also got this kind of broad comedy dynamic mm -hmm. where like sort of mistaken identity thing, and I don't mm -hmm. think they always come together well. And for me didn't hit I, I thought i thought the ending i thought it could the ending could have saved it and then at the end it just felt like they took like the clever way out but i don't think they took the emotionally honest i think that's fair i think way, it, I, it's still good though it's not a bad I, movie i love that I thought jeffrey wright was great but i do understand yeah. that their criticism but i also because one of the things that i said about it is that it almost felt like a really long pilot episode for a television show i kept wanting sure. to watch you know and it's yeah. so yeah that works what about pld what else you got for on your list uh my favorite i'm a big Indiana Jones guy, Indiana Jones hit for me. So wow. I love Indiana Jones. Okay. I, me and PJ Campbell will talk to you about that all the time. We have a whole podcast where we went, how it was like one of the best films of the year, easily for oh. us. And it fit the franchise well for us. Um, oh. We saw it as a different different take. Then again, we also like yeah. Christmas Skull. So that tells you something yeah. about us. I'm, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on the bibs, huh? Point of view. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not—it's not the worst thing I've ever seen or anything no, like that. It's, it's just sort not. of. It, it for me, the worst part is that I left the theater not going, yeah, right. or ah, oh, man, yeah. but I went going, huh. 
Yeah. I kind of felt like that fit the vibe of it. There was an, an older eight-year-old Harrison movie? Ford. For this one, yes. I kind of felt like the older oh. Harrison Ford, like he's 80 years old doing Indiana Jones. And like it's yeah. it's not the adventure he used to be. It's a different kind of adventure. Yeah, but and yeah, it doesn't give really you a good you, one, though. The, yeah, and it is and the and them overspending. Show. Oh, that that's it, a different oh, yeah. It that's shows. a good argument entirely. Also, the, also the, the digital de-aging looked like crap. Yeah, it, yeah, I, it no. takes me out of it every time. I've yeah. very rarely seen that done convincingly. And right. Disney is honestly mostly uniquely bad at it. It well, wasn't easy. Yeah. There's a couple yeah. times they hit it, but I agree with you mostly. And, and it did start. To, there are certain times they were trying to overdo it that it just looked so bad. It's like you'll yeah. do it in moments where you know you can, mm-hmm. you can perfect it. Um but you know, one of the things Pips I've said kind of almost an exhaustion to the audience, but I want to see if if you agree or disagree with the this. I think one of the main things with Indiana Jones for me was that by the time you get to that ending, and it's so I mean, that ending alone probably cost 50 to 60 million dollars. Expensive sequence, yeah. super expensive. And that takes away from the essence of really what the Indiana Jones movies did. Now, granted, back in 1989. Things were expensive for the practical effects, and probably for 1990, yeah. Last Crusade was probably an expensive movie. However, yeah. the most effective scene is Indiana Jones walking into a cave with an old man in the cave, and mm-hmm. then he because this and and it's just this. The only thing that I, is the practical effects is Donovan like melting or or whatever mm-hmm. turning into bones, and even that they repeated from Raiders, right? Yeah. But it was simple. It is a yeah, simple it works. Di- because it it's works. about the characters. Yes, it is. It's about the you know the, the thing with Indiana Jones is that everyone always thinks of them as these big spectacle movies, but they're actually just really well thought out movies. Like the opening sequence of Raiders of the Lost Ark mm-hmm. is this incredible action sequence, not because he runs from a boulder, but because they take it real slow. He right. avoids every trap. We understand the mechanism right. of every trap. Right, one after another after another, and then that moment where you realize, oh, we just sprung a trap. And we're really, really screwed. And then he has to run through all the things that he went through really slowly to avoid dying. It's like pulling an elastic band and then snapping it. That's that entire sequence. Yep. There isn't that level of thought and care that goes into most adventure movies, period. Well, it's it's the same thing to to where, just to to repeat myself, where why I think Godzilla minus one is my top because that is a big blockbuster action movie that relies on character and when you get to godzilla you earn it and is movie these movies and not just indiana jones because i didn't hate i liked it way more than crystal skull for god's sakes but i but i definitely but but i but still it's just so much i watched it recently again with my wife and Mm -hmm. i was like yeah it's just forgettable and it just doesn't have that you, you don't care and the moment that you did care was at the very very end with him and marion like you're like okay like i that was a great uh, where's that where was that the entire time and like Mm -hmm. because phoebe waller bridge who i think is great not in the movie per se but in general and they just made her character kind of an asshole a lot of the times with no she leaves him to die like three different times they did um indiana jones and um the last crusade except they made indiana jones sean connery but they made Sean Connery the main character right. and they made Indiana Jones have less of a relationship with Sean Connery. That right. isn't dramatically effective. It's hard to get invested in that. Like the older I get, the more I actually think the last crusade is kind of the best movie in the series for that emotional connection that we have. Yeah, I understand. I agree with that. That. And Raiders has a few minor problems, things that I think undermine it, but like, it's mostly great, but like last crusade is just, 
an absolute delight of a movie because it has that cornerstone. And I just felt this movie like it came close. Like they kept br brushing up against cool stuff. And then they were like, no, nah, let's not make it. Cool. Yeah. It just, but <laughs> sorry for, sh sorry for shitting all over your, uh, pick, it's all good. You know? I get it. I mean, um, it worked for me as the older guy. That's, and that's totally fair. So, yeah. and then, all right. So Bibbs, what else is on your list? Uh, let's see Barbie. I thought Barbie was great. It's, yeah, um, yeah. it's a movie that, I think has been, you know, there've been legit criticisms about it for the way that it tackles a lot of its subjects. But the fact that Barbie tried to tackle as much as it did, the fact that it tried to take a movie that was clearly intended to appeal to all audiences and kids and tried to use that as an opportunity to incredibly entertainingly discuss big ideas that are really important to impart. Uh, I, I I'm really impressed at the way that they managed it. I think they overall did an excellent job. I think the music was just astounding. Ryan Gosling is really, really, really funny in that movie. Um, and I think it's weirdly like impressively subversive. Like it's a story about like a non-binary asexual utopia that mm -hmm. is then like undermined by performative heteronormativity. And I'm like, that's really weird. Like that's that, that made a billion dollars, right? All, all the rules need to be thrown out because there's no way any AI machine would have done that to a Barbie movie. There's no conceivable way. So I, I think it's a really exciting film on a lot of levels. It, it makes a few swings. It doesn't hit, but I'm, I'm just impressed by how much it, it actually knocked out of that part. So it didn't hit for me. I didn't really love it, but I understand why it did as well as it did. And I understand why people do love it. Like, uh, and I understand the connection and everything you said about it. I understand how, how you perceive it that way and how others do, but mm. just didn't work for me. And, and what you were talking, we were talking about before with poor things and this, I like the way poor things handled all of those subjects better than Barbie did, but also because mm -hmm. it's a little bit more warped and you can't do that in a fucking Barbie movie. But, um, no, but what, but what they did in Barbie. And I think that Greta Gerwig is just a very, very talented filmmaker. And I like what yeah. she does. I like her approach to it. I like, I liked their approach in general, what they did, but I did think it was a bit all over the place sometimes in tone. I thought there were some times and mm -hmm. it was like, yeah, as you were talking about beforehand with, um, what what the hell the, the movie that we were just talking about Fibs and you said that it was Indiana Jones? No, oh, uh, um, the American Fiction. How yeah. you said that sometimes they so it's kind of broad comedy at times, and then it was then there's this speech that's like you're supposed to be locked into what's going on here. The speech yeah. is all serious, full drama, and it just it it didn't work for me. But then I look around and I'm seeing people dressed. It, it was a phenomenon. It was. And, because of that, that's good for movies, and that's why I rooted for this movie. Because when I went to, see, and my daughter and my and my wife absolutely adored it; they loved it. And when I was walking through the theater for seeing something else, I think it was like the Meg or something, and my daughter saw everybody dressed in pink and she wanted to take pictures in in the. I'm like, this is, I mean, this is something that happened like when we were kids, like the ET lines across the thing. Like, yeah, that's good for cinema. So I applaud the movie for that. It just on an on an actual enjoyment level, it just just wasn't for me. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's totally fine. Did um, you like bibs? I mean, bibs. You said that already. Uh, did I, you did. Yes, I did. I loved it. I loved it for everything it was. My uh, my wife and I saw it together, and uh, I thought it was it was subversively like it was all big and loud and obnoxiously mm -hmm. out yes. there. But but bibs is right. This what the story is trying to tell is impressive. Like they they use like this big loud noise to tell such a great 
met have a great message, have a great story that you don't see anywhere else. Right. The fact that it was made and put out and made a billion dollars is more, more even more important, impressive to me than the actual movie itself. Yeah. Um, but I did love Gosling in it. I loved, uh, loved the cast. Was, Shooty Kitgat was phenomenal in it. They all were just wonderfully done. Yeah. So I, I'm a big fan. Um, I mentioned it earlier, so I'll get into it too. Is that I'm watching it again with my wife right now, and that's my number two was Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. and um, it's to me one of Nolan's best. And just rewatching it again, it's just it's so gorgeous to yeah. look at as far as um, and the the filmmaking and and even even watching it on my my big screen at home, um, the, the way that it's shot for like IMAX, you can tell obviously when it's when it's switching. And it just looks. It I can't take my eyes off it. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. just. It's like that. It's like a, you know, your person you're attracted to. You're like, Whoa! You, know, you just can't. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I shouldn't be staring this long. And it's it's so. It's just such a well done film. The performances, Killian Murphy, and this will kind of talk about next. Is I'm curious, Bibbs, on your thoughts on who you think are the kind of the front runners in the Academy Awards? Because I, I I would say that he's probably the front runner for best actor. Honestly, I haven't really thought much about like the Academy Awards, okay. like uh, uh, specifically in terms yeah. of like who uh, is a front. I'm sure yeah. he'll be nominated. I'd be surprised yeah. if he wasn't yeah. nominated. Um, that would be a very weird uh, snub. Um, yeah. Regarding Oppenheimer, I'm I'm glad you liked it that much. You didn't love it. I didn't love it. Okay. I think it's a, I think it's mostly well crafted film. I think the entire black and white Robert Downey Jr. sequence strikes me as a really desperate attempt to give this movie some sense of heroic closure when in reality there was none. And it never feels like it really connects to anything properly. It feels really, mm. really thin. Mm. Um, but honestly, the performances are excellent. It is very well filmed. Um, it's not a bad movie. It's a good movie. It just didn't come close to my top 20. Oh, fair enough. Just wrap there for me. I gotta say, I hope I hope this gets more for Killian Murphy. I've been a big time Killian Murphy fan for a long time, so I want to see more and more from him. And this is, I'm glad he's getting his due for this, and hope it's at least some more things for him. Yeah, yeah. I know that he was rumored for um, Fantastic Four, and as much as I love Killian Murphy, I think that's a terrible choice. Um, yeah, for who? For Doom, I think Doctor no, Doom. Right? Doctor yeah. Doom. Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of kind of on the nose. Yeah. yeah. I, I I I kind of hate I kind of hate the choice to be honest with you. Um, I think it should yeah. be uh, my my two my choices are are I still think Henry Cavill would be such a good switch to take. That would be a fun. That would be a fun. Right? Yeah. To, to go for Superman to Doctor Doom from DC mm-hmm. to Marvel, um, and it's and it's a character you you have to like remove his handsome face from the. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. You have to, so yeah. you get that gone, and he gets to just actually focus on his incredible presence. Yep. Um, that could that that could be really cool. I would be totally down for that. Yeah. The other the other person that's been rumored for a while is Ryan Gosling, um, which would be interesting, especially coming for up. for Doctor Doom for Doom, yeah. which could work. I mean, yeah. you, I think you kind of need I a think movie. It's interesting that none of the people we're talking about are Romani. Or what? It's very specific. It, he's Doctor Doom is a Romani character. Oh, okay he's actually like from like a historically oppressed people. And it's kind of like really important to his character. And that's not part of that conversation at all. I think that's interesting. Um, but he's a great character. He's, he's my favorite, one of my favorite comic book characters, period. Yeah. And think, it's frustrating yeah. that the best version we've had of him in like outside of comics has been the Corman movie, <laughs> which say what you will, at least they understood that character's gravitas. Like right. he was, they understood, like 
those Tim Story movies. Julian right. McMahon was not it. That's true. No, he was not. <laughs> they tried really, really hard to write that ship. That's in the when second Nip one. Was hot. It. They tried to fix Doctor Doom in the second one. Yeah, it, it was not. They did not have the material. No. It didn't work. No. It was a real shame. No, and yeah. then they're gonna need a they're gonna need a movie star though for that role because they just from if if you believe the cast that has been mm. heavily rumored because Vanessa Kirby great actress is she a mm. big household movie star she's not well um the the kid from Stranger Things what's his, what's mm -hmm. his name Campbell um I know what you're talking about uh, uh up on that show a long time ago okay no, Jamie um, about Jamie. No, it's, jo it's Joseph Quinn. Joseph, Joseph Quinn. Quinn. Okay. So Joseph Quinn is is uh, Johnny Storm, and he's so again. I think it's interesting that we're even having the movie star conversation when literally Marvel built itself on making movie stars. And yeah, but 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 a lot of the superhero movies, if you look at me, because even the, even Iron Man, Iron Man had the first one had uh, Jeff Bridges in it. Um. Yeah, he wasn't exactly packing him in though. He was a re he was the respectable no. actor. That yeah, that's, that's kind of what I mean though. Is yeah. like even so, I mean, because because Henry Henry Cavill ain't packing him in either. He's just sure. a very notable. I, I just mean someone more recognizable. That, like because Vanessa Kirby, like oh, that's the woman from The Crown, or that's the woman from Mission Impossible. Well, the irony is that no one will be recognizable as Doctor Doom except maybe the flashback sequence. So that one's kind yeah. of irrelevant. Might as well just get. I'm going to get Andy Circus back or something. But <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. speaking of, well, speaking of which, it's I not am. Andy Circus, but how about apes? How are we feeling about apes coming on? I'm I'm pumped for that. I mean, you don't I, care. I felt like this new apes series has gone downhill successively since oh. the first one. Um, I thought the first one was really, really great. I thought the second one was pretty good. It didn't fully appreciate how fundamentally ridiculous mm. a lot of its imagery was, okay. but it was mostly good. I've I watched War of the Planet of the Apes. I thought it was one of the worst movies of the year. I rewatched wow. it after everyone said it was great, and I confirmed it was one of the worst. <laughs> movies of the year. It doesn't wow. have an original idea in its body. It's just literally copied and pasted from war movies and attempt to make you think it's like a serious war movie. But it's so you're not. excited really about bad. the next one? I actually, I, I hope it's okay because I actually think West Ball is a really good filmmaker. Okay. I thought, you know, the Maze Runner movies didn't have great material, but I think yeah, that first I, one is a real. Better, movie. They were better than and people I think give the them credit. Has great action yeah. sequences in it. Yeah. So. I think that guy potentially has the within him to like make a truly epic, interesting movie. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know what the story is with this one. You know, the mm -hmm. other uh, uh, eight movies, they were like stealth remakes of other films in the series, but they were all yeah. out of order. Uh, and so I don't is is this. It doesn't seem like it's going to be Planet of the Apes. So, which are you doing beneath the Planet no, of the Apes? Which I'm one are you correct. doing? No, no. Right. I think they did reveal is it something? I think it's like 300 years after the the last. Right, one. which is where the first Planet of the Apes took place. Like it right. was a long time after the fall of man. Right. Right. Uh, right. So, because because the I think he started with they they started with um, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. That was mm -hmm. when Rise was, and then they moved basically to I think Battle of okay. the Planet of the Apes, like pretty much like a straight line, and then. Yeah, and then it just it, it, weird choices all around. But they set up in that first movie that the spaceship went up. Yeah, the yeah, movie. yeah. Theoretically, we'll get to that someday. I don't know. Maybe that's where the big surprise ending of this movie or whatever. I don't know. Listen, I, I, you give everything a shot, but I'm yeah. not as high on this new eight movie. The visual effects notwithstanding, they're incredible. But like, right. okay, yeah, it's gonna yeah. hit my. And I think that's kind of our transition. So unless there's any other movies that you guys definitely want to talk about in the. I mean, uh, it's one of the bleakest movies you're ever gonna see, but the zone of interest is fantastic. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about before. That's the yeah. that's that's a World War II movie, right? That is a World War II movie. It is about uh, the day to day normal 
lives of the Nazis living right next door to Auschwitz. They do not care. They are completely apathetic to everything happening on the other side of that wall. They just care about like doing their dishes and like <laughs> it's absolutely bleak and it and it feels weirdly topical. This whole thing about yeah. how this is what people did when when there was a genocide. They just went about their business, and it's really hard not to like look around at the office, uh, audience and go, "They're talking about us, aren't they?" It's really, really messed up, but it's great. It's incredible motion picture, but boy, is it is it a downer? Yeah, I don't know if I can do it. I get it. I totally get it. It's one of those movies where I'm going to tell you it's great. I'm also going to tell you it is not for. It's not the movie you slap on at any time. Right. Everyone. Everyone you know, says exactly you have to decide that. to watch yeah. this movie. I think, but I think I if you do, you'll get a great movie. Yeah. The thing is, I know that it's going to wind up getting. I like to always see every movie that's nominated, um, because I mean, not only for the for the voting aspect of it, but also because when I don't like to be a hypocrite when it comes down to because I've been sitting in the the uh living room with my mother-in-law she's like that movie doesn't deserve to win i'm like well did you see it she's like, no yeah. i'm like how exactly. do you know i don't want to do that so right. like I, yeah. and I always like to watch all of them but i just don't know if i if i want to because i know i know how I i'm know. gonna feel just from hearing you talk about it i, I, know I get it i really yeah. really get it. and i do that too you know I try to watch every single movie that comes out but man there's sometimes where i'm like yeah it's tough i'm not in the mental headspace right now right. to not hate this experience right. not not this right. like the movie but understand that not every movie is trying to make you feel good and i'm not always in the mood to enter into that contract right I now know. yeah right. that's you know? Know. i think that's what it is is that i yeah. i just want to like because i've watched this and that's why i kind of want to shift into uh the yeah. anticipated because there are some uh, as we get into to me the one that what's hilarious about it is i forgot to put it on my list for anticipated this year and then no Shadamas me, it got moved to next year. So ah. that's, and that's Dune too. Um it got moved to that got moved to oh, I mean this year. It, it was I saying got moved to 2025. This year. And I around I think the beginning of November. And I had put on my list, everyone was like, Where is it? Where is it? It's not you, you love Dune One so much. How come it's Dune Two's not on your list? And I was like, because I'm a stupid asshole and I forgot it. Um, and then I guess I didn't forget it. I just I knew it was being moved. Um, and so it was, it was moved and it is absolutely on the top of my list. I cannot wait for that film. I just, uh, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited for it. Did you like the first one, Bibbs? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually think that first movie, the, that first movie, it's an impressive scale of production. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, but I think in an attempt to take this very impenetrable text that obviously that historically, like David Lynch's version is a deeply confusing movie in a lot of ways because they tried mm. to cram so much in. Um, in an attempt to make that clear so that everyone can understand it, I thought they stripped out all the personality, all the character, wow. all the philosophy. It's just a bunch of stuff that happens in a row now. And I really didn't like it. Damn. I think the David Lynch version, for all its flaws, is an infinitely superior cinematic experience because at least it's interesting and not... Yeah, we built a bunch of like gray buildings in a desert. I and um, I respect you, but I hate yeah. that fucking David Lynch movie. I hate that yeah. movie. Uh, fair um, enough. I, yeah. I I I respect that David Lynch movie. Yeah, I like uh, them both. You like them both. There you go. <laughs> and I know David Lynch hates that movie. That's not that's not the point. I just think it's it's, an, it's yeah. A I know. Film. That's fair. Um, yeah. So, PLD, what do you have on your list? 
My anticipated ones, I have two ones I want to talk about real quick. Well, first, uh, Nosferatu uh, next December. Yeah, yeah, sure, uh, sure. I love, mm. I love uh, what I, I love what Eggers can do. I don't. I love, love all the, the Northman. I really enjoyed the yeah. Northman was last year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't this year. It was last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I love Eggers, and I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Bill Skarsgård. I think he, I think yeah. he's going to handle this role very, very well, and I like mm-hmm. as well. Um, the other one I'd like to discuss real quick is you know me. It's Love Lies Bleeding because uh, the I get to see. Freakishly, Ed Harris in it. Ed Harris as the Crypt Keeper mm-hmm. pretty much at this point. Okay. Um, but no, it, it looks really good. Rose Glass did a Saint Maud last year, which is a very interesting film to me. And this was this looks very interesting as well, seeing uh Kristen Stewart and um what's her name? Uh Katie O'Brien is in it as well. Oh, yeah. oh uh, right, 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 right. That's it looks like yeah. a very creepy, look like it's a very weird. creepy take on things. Very fun, mm-hmm. like very visualized uh, energy, energetic kind of like had a very synth-like score kind of thing, had okay. this very gauzy CD kind of look. I thought it was very yeah. cool. So mm-hmm. those are my favorites. You- Bibbs, do you approach like when you get you know the screenings for the the Marvel movies now and the and the DC movies? Do you feel the way that I do when you, like generic horror movies pop up now? They just kind of <laughs> no. I mean, it's here's the thing with these like an, anticipation conversations. What are your most anticipated movies of yeah. the year? Um, I have complicated feelings about that because I actually think anticipation is kind of seriously damage the industry and audiences in a lot of ways. I think we spend so much time, uh, whether it's on YouTube or whether it's writing articles or, or podcasts or whatever, talking about speculating about what's going to come out and forming ideas in their head about what those films are going to be and getting people excited about it as though we're unpaid or extremely poorly paid publicists uh, is... I think it's really dangerous and I think it's really hard for a lot of those movies to actually compete with the made up movie. The audience sometimes builds up in their head. So I try not to get too anticipatory and I just try to say, listen, I'm going to be seeing everything anyway. I'm a film critic, but also they could suck. Like what it's at some point, I think it's more important. My podcast co-host Whitney Seibold has a great line. He says the time to get excited about a movie is after you've seen it, because then you know if it's good, because there's this thing that we've had for so long. And the Marvel movies are especially guilty of this, where people get really excited to go see this movie. And then when they leave the movie, all they're talking about is the post-credit sequence. We What about the movie part of the movie, not right. the trailer part of the movie? And I've been seeing a lot less of that this year. I've been seeing a lot of people actually just get excited about the movie they just watched and less about the anticipation of what's to come. That being said, I'm not completely immune to this. And there are a couple of movies where I'm just like, I I will be first in line. I'm very, very curious. Uh, They just announced that the People's Joker got distribution. People thought that would never happen. That's really exciting. Um, I mean, there's a new George Miller post-apocalyptic car chase movie coming there's no way i'm gonna miss that you know like there's there's never been a bad one so you know this would be the first so that's exciting to me um but yeah honestly i'm I'm looking right now i'm trying to like i was as you were mentioning it's like oh i didn't know we're gonna talk about this i'm just looking at what's to come and i'm thinking to myself yeah okay that might be good right well but i think it's coming out that that might be good i don't know i Um, i I do I again respect your opinion on it, but I and I've heard you say this before, and I've and I've talked to you about it before on air, off air. I I don't disagree with the notion. I mean, I I, I disagree with the notion that you can't get excited for movies because it because you're gonna either ruin it for yourself or ruin it for other people who you're building up this particular movie. It's it's the it's the cliche saying of you know speculate responsibly, right? And not everybody can do that, and it's the same Is way that, that cliche. 
What's that? Speculate responsibly? That's an interesting yeah. Movie. I haven't heard I that. Before. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of okay. people. But but either way, it's the same way. In like, if I get excited to go to a you know or a restaurant, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm so pumped. I've been waiting to get to go to this Mediterranean restaurant mm-hmm. for the last three weeks, and I'm, I know I'm gonna love. It. I'm gonna get the freaking dish that I want. I'm gonna get the hummus. I'm gonna mm-hmm. get this. I'm gonna get. I'm just gonna be so good. And then the chef has an off day, and it sucks. Um. Well, yeah, I psyched myself out. And I thought mm-hmm. the same type of thing. You can absolutely do that. And you can do it with Star Wars. You can do it with Marvel. Mm-hmm. You can do it like, yes, you can have an idea in your head. But I think there's two there's there's two ways also that I always talk about this like in, in Star Wars. If you're like, okay, well, I would love to see, uh, hopefully in this movie, they revisit this and they revisit that and they do this and they go back to the Old Republic and they don't do any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and But they make a good movie. Yeah. And I don't like it because it didn't make my movie. Then I agree with you. Then yeah. I completely. Agree I think, with you. and I think we see that a lot. I think they do. People do do that's that. But I, do, but I and also, I, do, and I think that's something that is we sometimes in the industry. I don't mean you. I just mean yeah. in the generally in the industry. We, we're guilty of stoking that. We, sure. we. It's not just like I'm excited to go to this restaurant tonight. It's like no, we've been speculating on this for three years. Sure. And we've been making money off of that speculation. And we have been attempting to uh, build an audience off of that speculation. Yeah. And there's something a little parasitic about that. Because ultimately, what we're giving people is nothing. After the movie comes out, all of that speculation, if it was wrong, is meaningless. Well, I mean, you, you yes, can argue no, that speculation I... is fun. You can argue that speculation is fun and exciting. You get to have the shared experience of speculation. But I would argue that it's but what we're really doing here is romanticizing gambling. Uh, You're gambling, aren't you? Do you have any do you have any control over the outcome? Yeah, I mean, listen, it's, it's it, it, no, but it's also listen, you're also trying it's it's the question is is it authentic? Is it authentic ex, uh, excitement? Sure. Is it authentic, you know, the fact that you've been waiting for this movie and you saw a trailer and you're like, "Oh, I saw that one particular scene and I wonder if that means this and that and you portray that to your friend off camera or your friend on camera and you're legitimately really talking about it and then it delivers for you because there's a lot of movies that you can speculate about and then it does deliver and then you just still talk about it look at and whether or not you liked it or not i'm saying it was a successful movie that a lot of people did like and that was endgame there's a lot of things about endgame that you that people got wrong and they speculated too but then they loved it they loved a lot of stuff that came out like oh thanos didn't do this he did that you can speculate as much as you can. I don't disagree with you that it has become a thing where like, oh, I'm going to make this video just because I know I'm going to get the hits on it. I can say this, I can uh-huh. say this, I can say this. People do that shit all the time for sure. But it's a matter of having excitement for a film or a television show and discussing it and like, oh, guys, I'm waiting for this one for a while. I wonder if this is going to happen. I wonder if this, I don't think that's damaging. I, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think that I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to clarify something here just so that we're clear. I'm not saying yeah. that anticipation is disingenuous or at least yeah. that it can't be. Uh, And I'm not saying that sharing that is necessarily a problem. What I think is that in the industry that we are in, this not necessarily what people consider the industry uh, proper to people who comment on that, whether you're Uh doing so in an official capacity as a critic or, you know, as a pundit or or whatever, however you choose to define yourself. I think we have a certain responsibility collectively Mm -hmm. uh, to regardless of what is... uh, uh, we, we may think it's innocent. I think we do need to consider the impact that we have. And yeah. I think it, that is something that we should seriously consider and debate and sometimes say to ourselves, you know, this may be, you know, something I'm genuinely excited about, but is my excitement warranted? Is my excitement something that uh, uh, I should be 
it is it is responsible to impart on literally everyone. Uh, and that I'm not saying there's there's a yes no answer to that. I think it's a conversation we should be having more because I think what we're seeing now with the gradual demise in public interest over a lot of the movies and the TV shows that were driving our side of the industry for the better part of 20 years, yeah. really, especially the last 10, but the better part of 20 years. Um, with the demise of general mainstream interest in that, it's not gone, yeah. it will always do okay, but it won't be as huge as it was for a while. Sure, sure. We need to figure out what else we can do. Right. We need to figure out what else the conversation is because it's not going to be figuring out like, oh, we're going to spend like hours and hours and years and years speculating about what's going to be in a superhero movie that right. makes $30 million opening weekend. That's right. the people are going to see that that's not where the industry should be. And sure. I think we need to start talking about what that needs to transform into. And I think moving away from the, uh, what the late great James Rocky called the Marvel industrial, uh, yeah. the Marvel anticipation uh, industrial complex. Uh, he called it the Marvel industrial complex. I call it the anticipation industrial complex, but I think the whole industry is changing from the top down. And I think we are part of that. Yeah. And I want to be part of that conversation and rather than just wait for it to happen and then awkwardly adjust. I agree. Look, yeah. I, I agree that the conversation needs to be had more and end the business definitely is changing in our own. But yeah. the most important thing out of all of this to end out is where do you stand on UFOs? <laughs> they're, 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 yes, they're, the government says they're real now. I mean, come on. The X-Files, they keep talking about we're going to reboot the X-Files. Why? What could be more <laughs> useless than the X-Files now? Right. The only way you could reboot the X-Files and make it work is if like he said it in the 70s. So, yeah. They That's don't need the only thing you could do. You are not wrong. They don't they what they should really do is take some of these stories about the the guy yeah. the the Harvard professor that went to Zimbabwe that had the that this the entire school of children saw this thing come down and like make that yeah. movie. Let's yeah. make that television show. Let's see and then there's that guy died. It's like there's, there's there's so many real stories that they could actually make that I would be fascinated by. Yeah. Um, all right, look, we had a fun Patreon big thing show here, man. I, I was I was excited to have Bibbs on with us talking some movies and, and same with PLD. And thanks for joining us. If you watched us live, thank you. If you're watching us on the replay, thank you as well. Um, we got a lot of fun things coming out with the Patreon in 2024 uh i think maybe pld maybe we'll extract the audio for this one and put it up on the podcast feed sure absolutely I, I think this is a good, it's a good one to have on the podcast feed so maybe anything too embarrassing no you did not <laughs> um as always Pips, it was a pleasure to see you. i was uh, i was like, running well. the at screenings and it was nice to see you here so thanks for joining us today oh yeah so there was a question that came uh, in from um uh for you Pips, from uh from one of our great patrons mark j uh, j ali who says, growl, growl, and how are the soaps doing, Bibbs? Uh, growl, growl to you as well. Uh, and uh, the soaps are good. If you head on over to patreon.com slash saltcatsoap, you can join the Saltcat Soap of the Month Club. We still make and sell soaps. We're in the process of working out uh, a new online store since the way Etsy worked was not no yeah. longer cost-effective. It was kind of predatory and crap. Um so we're in the process of working on that. And if you follow uh, follow me on social media, I'm at William Bibiani everywhere. Or if you follow Salt Cat Soap on social media, at Salt Cat Soap, uh, be on the lookout for updates. That's going on too. And uh, hey, you know, I got, a, I got a Patreon as well. So if anyone's like, hey, I don't spend enough money on Patreon. <laughs> uh, you can head on over to patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network. And uh, we have uh, a lot of exclusive shows there. Um, 
And um, yeah, and also if everyone likes Godzilla, you know, uh, we have a Godzilla podcast now on our main feed called Thank Godzilla. It's Friday, it's where <laughs> we've been reviewing every Godzilla and Godzilla adjacent wow. movie. Uh, and it's been a real trip. I got to tell you, it's I'm been sure that. How many? How many are there total? Well, if okay, if you only count the Godzilla movies, it's like in the 30s. But if you count all the like the the spinoffs, yeah, like Mothra and all yeah, the yeah, one yeah. that like introduce a monster who inside the, the movie, inside the it's franchise. like it's it's over 50. Jeez, wow. yeah, and it's been really really great because we got to explore like some of like the weird ones that no one ever talks about. Yeah, and you get to realize that like oh shit, like Jordan Peele saw this before he made Nope. Like this is yeah. this is incredible. So. Um, it's been really, really cool. And for all the ones that are famous, there's a whole bunch that aren't that are really fascinating. That's so that's been that's a really cool. good podcast. All right, go and check that out, guys. So once again, uh, great to have Bibs on. Great to have you guys with us today. PLD, as always, thank you, my friend. And yeah, we'll see you guys very, very soon. And let's hope 2024 is an amazing year. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.